today on New Season. God did not create you to occupy space. There's a difference between existing and living. And maybe all these years, all you've been doing is existing, just like a styrofoam cup. But that's not why Jesus came down. He came down, John 10, 10, to give you life and life abundant. And now, here is today's word with Pastor Sam Rodriguez. So I want to share with you what God's Spirit placed in my heart, and it stems out of Judges chapter 6. Because one generation had an encounter with God that changed the world. One generation. In one biblical narrative, a man named, you're privy to the story, a man named Gideon, he went from both de facto and de jure failure. He was hiding in the threshing floor because he was afraid of the Midianite marauders to surviving, he came out of the pit and accepted his calling to thriving. He built an altar, defeated the Midianites, and changed his world. We are not, in spite of the naysayers who believe otherwise, the generation that will fail. And we are not the people that will just survive. We are the generation for the glory of Jesus with an overflow that will rise up and do nothing less than thrive. Here's the word of the Lord from Judges chapter 6, verses 12 and 14. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. I want to share with you in a very expedited, fast, accelerated, Hispanic anointed manner, overflow to thrive. When the angel of the Lord confronts Gideon, Judges 6, 11, he finds the people of Israel hiding in the threshing floor and accepting failure. I need to put this in context in today's day and age. Here's Gideon. He would work for the harvest, but because he was afraid of the Midianite marauders, again, the people of God had swayed away from the precepts and the mandates of God. As a result, the Midianite marauders, the Midianites, were able to subjugate the people of God. They would build, Pastor Neil, here it comes, they would build Asherah poles. They would construct a physical element that would serve as a visual reminder of their subjugation. So the tallest structure in the villages of Israel, every morning they would wake up and see this Asherah pole. They would see this construct that reminded them that the promises of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in their, the Midianites' worldview, were no longer applicable for the people of God. There's a new king in town. Asherah poles were constructed. And then the Israelites, Gideon being one of them, they would work arduously for the harvest. The Midianites and the marauders would come along and take away the things they worked hard for. And they would tolerate it. They, work, they would work hard only to see the enemy take away their harvest. They were, the Bible says they were afraid to confront. They were afraid to thrive. Here it is. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. I'll say that one more time for the hearing impaired. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. You are what you tolerate. 
You are what you tolerate. And if we are to engage this biblical narrative as a prophetic rubric, it behooves us to understand the following truth. There are three types of people in this audience. There are three types of people watching us right now all over the world via Daystar. Three types of people. There are those that embrace failure, there are those that are surviving, and then there are those that are thriving. Every single person in this arena today, every single person here today is either failing, surviving, or thriving. Every person watching right now via television and the various different platforms, you're either living in failure, or you're surviving, or you are thriving. Repeat after me, say, failure. Survive. Thrive. In other words, via the conduit of a biblical metaphor, you are either in Egypt, or you're in the desert, or you're in the promised land. Here's the word. Here's the word. I'm going to try to restrain myself here. Here's the word. This is for everyone here and everyone watching right now. Jesus was not born to a virgin, baptized in the Jordan, crucified on the cross, resurrected from the dead, ascended, and sent as the Holy Ghost so you and I would just fail or just survive. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the conqueror, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrection and the life. La vida verdadera, el buen pastor, la puerta estrecha, la fuente inagotable. Jesus did it all for you and I to do nothing less than somebody shall thrive say thrive say thrive say thrive say thrive so let me prophesy we are not the generation that will fail or just survive Australia get ready Africa get ready Asia get America, Latin America, Europe, get ready because we are not the generation that will fail or just survive. With an overflow, we will thrive for the glory of Jesus. Oh, okay, okay. Because this is simplistic, right? Like this you could easily like contextualize and repudiate the vestiges of failure and understand what this means. But even these two are a bit trouble. Stay right there, failure. Don't go too far from me. You're the best failure ever had, by the way. In a good way. Uh, survive, thrive, come up here. These two require some sort of theological and biblically contextualized distinctiveness or we need to distinguish between them because to survive is not the same thing as to thrive. There's a difference between the desert and the promised land. There's a, there's a difference between life and a blessed life. Between I am okay and I'm more than a conqueror. Between enough and more than enough. Between full and overflow. Between making it and conquering it. Between existing and shining. Between rhetoric and action. Between speaking faith and bearing fruit. Between having a dream and living out a vision, between surviving and thriving, God did not create you to occupy.
occupy space. There's a difference between existing and living. And maybe all these years, all you've been doing is existing, just like a styrofoam cup. But that's not why Jesus came down. He came down, John 10, 10, to give you life and life abundant. First Corinthians 2, 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has yet to imagine the wonderful things God has in store for those who love him. So why are you here and why are you watching right now? And you're saying, why is that Latino man yelling right now at my screen? Good question. I've asked myself that question for many years now. But you're here by divine appointment to hear from heaven via the word of God the very same thing Gideon heard in this passage. Heaven showed up. And the angel of the Lord parenthetically tells Gideon, your failure season is over. Matter of fact, as you read, do your biblical due diligence. As you read the rest of the passage, the angel of the Lord not only tells him, the days of hiding in the threshing floor, the days of captivity and failure are over, but he assures Gideon he will never go back to failure again. So God placed you here. God placed you now to hear this word. Because just like Gideon, just like Gideon, some of you have been hiding in the proverbial threshing floor of life. You've been hiding from the Midianite marauders. The Midianites of this day and age have stolen your joy, your shalom, your children, your marriage, your peace, your health, your finances, your integrity. You're here today because you're tired of living a life where things are stolen, ripped off, and you have yet to see the fruit of the harvest. I'm speaking to everyone who has suffered. I'm speaking to everyone who has ever been to the threshing floor. I'm speaking to everyone who has yet to see your, your promises fulfilled. I have news for you. Today is not like any other day. Today is officially the last day. Your harvest, your joy, your purpose, your future, and your destiny will be held back. All right, let's do something. Here's what we're going to do. Right now, whatever time you have around the world, that's germane and tangential to your reality, your geographical location. Right now in here, it's about 12.29 p.m. So here it is. This is going to be a little bit cray-cray. 12.29. Somebody tell me, tell me here when we're here in Australia, Melbourne time, when it gets to 12.30. Here it is. Beautiful. With tr fear and trembling in the name of Jesus, not out of the womb of emotional exuberance, with an unbridled commitment to biblical orthodoxy, biblical truth, in the name of Jesus, I'm here to declare to you from this moment on, the Midianite marauders will never touch your harvest again. I want you to come up here because I want you to do something crazy. When I say now, here's what I saw prophetically. When I say now, I want you to take this failure and I want you to rip it, rip it apart and break it. The moment you break it, in the name of Jesus, your season of failed dreams, failed integrity, failed finances, failed ministry, failed relationships, failed aspirations, failed that. Your season of failure. I, 
I even dare to believe, and I'll, I'll give you the biblical exodus to prove it from this moment on. In the, this is crazy. You could, you could either take it or leave it. In the name of Jesus, from this, put a smile on your face because from this moment on, you will never live in failure again. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? So if you've experienced failure in your life, if you've experienced failure in your home or with your children, your finances, your integrity, your future, your dream, your aspirations, your destiny, get ready because Jesus Christ through his spirit in his word is here to tell you your failure season is over. How do we know? Does that mean I'm going to be perfect? No. It doesn't mean you won't be perfect. It doesn't mean you're never going to make mistakes. But it means this, Jude 124, unto him who is able to keep you from falling biblical exigent from failing and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy all right let's do this at the count of three now i'm not going to tell you how to rip it break it we t again you're the best failure i've ever had but you are not just this is for everyone watching right now who has ever experienced failure gideon was in a threshing floor gideon was in the threshing floor of life they were accepting and tolerating failure. You are what you tolerate. All of a sudden, heaven shows up and gets them out of failure. Isaiah 43, 13, no one can undo what I have done. Are you ready to do this? All right, stop fooling around. Are you ready to do this? When I count the three, before we do this, touch your neighbor, the one you like, and tell them, neighbor, this is it. Tell them, your season of failure is about to end forevermore. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, no more failed dreams, no more failed integrity, no more failed relationships, no more failed endeavors. It's coming to an end right here, right now, this hour, this place, all over. It's about to finish in the name of Jesus. Australia, America, Asia, Africa, get ready. Are you ready? Are you sure? Again, this is not like, it's not, it's not a cute illustrated sermon. It's a prophetic act. Failure will be broken forevermore. The Gideons are coming out of the threshing floor. They're about to change the world. The world around you is about to change because your failure season is coming to an end. And by the way, in the old covenant, it was about the things you had to do. We're living in grace and the new covenant. You're coming out of failure, not because of what you do for God, but because of what God already did for you because of the grace-filled work of Jesus in your life. Jesus defeated failure forevermore. All right, let's do it. Stop it. All right, let's do it. Create space. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, give me some space. When I count to three, you'll break this. You that are watching by television, via the conduit of television, the various platforms, you need to believe with me this is the hour that failure comes to an end. No more failed relationships. Pastor Samba, my children are failing. Uh-uh. By the time this is over, they will be thriving for the glory of Jesus. Are you ready? So.
Let's come up here front and center. This is for an entire generation. I mean, there's no pressure. Do you realize this? Do you know how many Asherah poles exist right now? The Asherah pole of moral relativism, of cultural decadence, of spiritual apathy, of ecclesiastical lukewarmness. There are so many Asherah poles constructed around us, attempting to marginalize the Christian faith, the Christian journey, the love and the grace and the truth and the hope embedded in the person and life, crucifixion, resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are so many Asherah poles constructed. And one day, heaven shows up and says, hey, get out of failure. Not because of who you think you are, but because of who I know you are. And you need to read it. It doesn't say, because one day, 40 weeks from now, you will be a mighty warrior. Because if you follow the following 13 steps, you will be. The he heaven showed up and said, Gideon, not one day you will be. Please do your appropriate biblical exegete. Not one day you will be. Not 10 years from now. Heaven showed up. Looked at a man that came out of a pit who was hiding. Heaven showed up and said, hey, Gideon, I'm here to tell you, you are a mighty warrior. Are you ready to break this? All right. The moment this is broken, stop fooling around already, man. The moment this breaks, we are believing prophetically that an entire generation will come out of the proverbial threshing floor, that the Gideons will rise up with an overflow, not to fail or just survive, but to thrive. Ah. This generation will inevitably end up breaking the pictures, releasing the fire and seeing the glory of God's, here it is, one. I'm believing every addiction will be broken. Every bit of captivity. Oh man, I sense such an anointing. Because we are not the generation that will die in the threshing floor of failure. We are the generation that will thrive in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you ready? One, two, are you ready? One, two, three, break that failure. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus! In the name of Jesus! I dare you to tell your neighbor, my family will not fail. My faith will not fail. My destiny will not fail. My future will not fail. My purpose will not fail. As a matter of fact, not only will the Midianite marauders never again touch your harvest, but in the name of Jesus, 
They will not touch your children or your children's children or your children's children's children or your children's 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 children. If you believe this, if you believe that your season of failure, it means you'll never live in failure again. If you believe that, open up your mouth and give God the best. Oh, man. Raise your hands. And repeat after me, say, it's over. Again, I want to make sure we're biblically mature and understanding it doesn't mean we're never going to go through anything. No. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. No. It just means that Christ, John 10, 10, he paid the price. We understand the complete context of that verse. The enemy came to rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. And if you do appropriate Greek exegen and abundantly what that means, flourish, prosper, thrive. Man, I need you to understand something. God did not make you to live in failure. You're going, we're going to fight some things along the way. We're going to confront some things. We, we may even like trip a little bit along the way, but you will never live in failure again. You will never live in failure. If you believe that, raise your hands and say, never again. Never again will I live in failure. And never again will failure live in me. How do you know that? First Thessalonians 5.24, he who called you is faithful to do it. Because of Philippians 1.6, he who started the good work in you, he will finish the work he has started. Because of Galatians 6.9, do not grow weary of doing what is right in your appointed time. You will reap a harvest of blessings if you do not give up. Oh. All right. One more time. Last thing, last thing. Just raise your hand and say, it's over. I will never live in failure again. And failure will never again live in me. In the name of Jesus. Now give God your best praise right now. We're going to wrap up. We're, we're, going to, we're going to land this plane here in a second. We're, and I really mean it, ladies, in a few minutes. Okay. You see this right here? We can't rip this. We can't break this because at times we need this. Failure we can break. Surviving? Eh, that's a different story. Judges 6, 14. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, and now that I came out of failure, you mind telling me, why all this happened to us? Gideon comes out of failure, and the first thing he does is he enters a survival mode, and he focuses on his past. He, he couldn't get over what he just went through. So he gets into a survival mode. And we go from failure to survive to thrive. Here it is, Judges 6. And we all survive something. Matter of fact, let me ask you a question. If you've been through a major storm, hurricane, spiritually speaking, we're speaking metaphorically, spiritually, prophetically, if you've been through something major, I don't mean a migraine headache, a pimple grew out of place, I don't mean that stuff. I mean like you've been through a mucho grande storm, something you should not have even survived if not by the, if, if you've been through something ginormous, that's a California term for super big, if you've been through something big, mucho grande, raise one hand. If, if you've been already throughout your trajectory, your journey, your personal life narrative, if you've been through a process where hell already has shown up to try to stop your destiny and you know it, raise both hands. 
If you've been through so many storms, you've lost count. Raise both hands and a foot. If you've been through so many storms that if I Google your name, if I, how about this? If I Google your name, the National Weather Center shows up. Or if I Google the word storm, your Facebook account shows up. Raise both hands and both feet. And if you are only here today because the grace of God and the purpose of God is greater than the brokenness of man and the storms you've been through. If you're a survivor, raise both hands. I got to do this. I got to say this. We all survive. We've all been through a process. If you tell me, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, I've never been through anything. Really? Then get ready. <laughs> we all go through a process. Matter of fact, the greater your destiny, the greater God's purpose in your life, the greater the level of adversity and storms and challenges that come your way. But I found out that's the reason why I praise the way that I praise. That's the reason I worship the way that I worship. And it is. I, I used to believe that worship and praise was culturally contextualized. I used to believe that people would praise and worship based on the color of their skin, their pigmentation, their ethnocultural background, their social economic status. I used to believe that people that, well, just, yeah. Yeah, I used to, I'm a Trekkie. So anyone ever seen the old school Star Trek? I used to believe there were two types of people in church. Those that were more like Spock and those that were more like Captain Kirk. Meaning the logical, reasonable people that would never ever be explicit in their praise and, and, and really fully engaged. But those are the, you know, oh, I mean, I used to think it was cultural until I found out traveling around the world that praise has nothing to do with the color of your skin with your geographical background, your social economic status, I found out that praise is an equation. I found out that the size of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God takes you out of. I'll say that one more time. The size and the radical nature of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God takes you out of. If God took you out of a little hell, then you give him a little praise. But if he saved you, if he delivered you, if he healed you, if he turned you around and placed your feet on solid ground, are there any survivors in the house? Are there any survivors in the house? Stand with me. You are already. Those that are not standing, stand with me. By the way, this is all the preload. We're going to do a verse by verse in the next couple days. This is just, I want you to hear me. The reason why you're still standing, the reason why you're here pursuing righteousness simply stated is because the purpose of God is greater than the brokenness of man. You made it this far not because you perfectly held on to God, but because God perfectly held on to you. You made it not because your faith was efficient, but because His grace is sufficient. You made it not due to your sweat and tears, 
but because of his blood and his spirit. You made it because of 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we will never be destroyed. You made it because when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. <sighs> and sometimes, here comes Gideon. First thing he comes out, pops out. He gets out of the threshing floor. He's no longer failing. And he wants to get, and I need you to read the narrative. Again, do your biblical due diligence. There's, there's no reason to engage in hyperbole or making things up that are not there. It's wonderful because God, the angel of the Lord basically ignores Gideon's question. I want to know I had to go through what I went through. And heaven shows up and says, I could spend, in essence, now I'm speaking parenthetically, heaven shows up and starts directing him towards the future and tells him what he's going to do next. So heaven shows up and says, basically, I'm from California, so please forgive me. Hey, dude, we could either spend this time talking about what you went through or we could start talking about where you're going to. In other words, we could get into the whole thing of look what the devil did, or you can start shouting, look what the Lord has done! With your hands raised. Fail, survive, and thrive. We're going to get to thrive in the next couple days here. Your failure season is over. And you've been through what you've been through. What you've been through has nothing to do with the foolish things you did in your past. What you've been through has everything to do with the glorious things you're about to see in your future. You're about to see what you've never seen before. And that's why you've been through your journey. You come out of the threshing floor. They were taken away. They were robbing your joy and killing your dream destroying your destiny. Heaven shows up and says, you, you, let me tell you who you are. You are a mighty warrior. Go with the strength you have. That's tomorrow. Defeat the Midianites. Heaven shows up and tells you who you are, what you have, and what you will do. In that chronological order. Who you are, he reveals identity. Jesus always reveals your true identity. Christ always reveals who you truly are. Your true definition, a repudiation of identity moratorium, God defines you. He tells you what you have. The absurd notion of that is, he doesn't even say, these are the things that are coming your way, the things I'm gonna give you. He tells them, let me tell you what you have. Go with the strength you have. Let me reveal to you what you have that you did not even know you had. And defeat the Midianites. Here's your mission statement. Here's your destiny. So you've been through a process. You've been through a process. If you've never been through anything, sit down. Honestly, just sit down. Go on Facebook, sports highlights, whatever it takes. This is not for you. This is for every single person here at Planet Shakers and watching right now on Daystar where you've been through a process. 
And, and you're like Gideon asking, you're spending more time asking, God, why did I have to go through that? Why did I have to go through that? Because sometimes we have to go through to get to. We do. Joseph had to go through the pit to get to the palace. The Israelites went through the desert to get to the promised land. Even Paul, he had to go through a storm, Acts 27, to get to Rome. Jesus went to the cross and the tomb for you and I to get here right now. But here's the great news. One more thing, and then I'm going to land this. One more thing. Just touch your neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, I have some questions for you. But really, get into it now. Ask him, I have some questions for you. Ask him, neighbor, did Joseph stay in the pit? Did the Israelites stay in the desert? Did Daniel stay in the lion's den? Did Jonah stay in the whale? Did Jesus stay in the tomb? Well, I'm not staying either. I'm coming out in the name of Jesus and I will see everything that God has promised me. Raise your hands. We have limited space. I sense such an anointing. Fail, survive, or thrive. You will never live in failure. And failure will never live in you. Only, only when you embrace the fullness of the work of Christ in your life. Through Christ, in Christ, in Him we live, in Him we move, in Him we have our being. In Him we are crucified with Christ in Romans. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and ruling with Him in the book of Revelation. When I count to three, if this message has been for you, and you're saying, Pastor Sam, I received this word. This is not an inspirational word. It's not a sermonette. It's not something to trigger some sort of emotional exuberance on your end. It's for you to prophetically embrace the fact that right now as I speak corporately, there are Asherah posts constructed. It seems like the Midianite marauders are winning. And right now, to a great degree, many are living subjugated, intimidated by the altars of Baal and the Asherah posts constructed by the Midianites this generation will rise up. We will rise up. I can assure you before Friday night, midnight, the Asherah poles are coming down. So when I count the three, if this word was for you, if you and, and, and I'm not going to, what's the reason behind it? If you want to step out and just physically demonstrate, I am coming out of failure. And failure is not just a physical location, it is a spiritual reality. It is a, a state of mind. It is an attitude, it is a language. Your language that, that exacerbates failure. Your attitude, your, your, it could be even your giving that's actually perpetuating the concept of failure or the lack thereof. There are so many things, but today you're coming out of it. So when I count to three, if this message has truly been for you and you're saying, I wanna demonstrate I'm coming out of failure forevermore. I didn't have a poster board to break, but my physical shift is a demonstration I'm coming out of it. Never again will I live in failure. Never again will failure live in me. I've been through something and I'm showing today that I'm ready to thrive. At the count of three, if that's you, come out of your seat, go to the aisle, go somewhere. Just show you're no longer in that state. One, two, three, do it now. Go, 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 go. Yeah. My God, yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 your family.
of what you do, but because of what Jesus did for you. With your hands raised, I sense such an anointing. God's presence. Spirit of God spoke to me about a generation arising that will come out of the threshing floor defined by Christ, defined by truth and grace and love, by biblical truth, not religious hyperbole, not religious constructs of man, but the reality of the grace-filled work of Christ, the vicarious atoning work of Jesus. A generation would come out of the threshing floor that would change this world. God spoke to me and said, I'm defining them. I will define them. I will give them their purpose. I will tell them what they have. I will equip them with this overflow. Not to fail or just survive, but they will thrive. They will thrive and change the world around them. So they start right now. There's a number on your screen. There's information. Your failure season is over. Right now, it is done. It is done from this moment on. I am speaking right now to everyone here and everyone watching, all of our Daystar viewers. In the name of Jesus Christ, your season of failure is over. Raise your hands. It is over by the authority in the name of Jesus. We have a commitment to God's Word. You will never live in failure, and failure will never live in you again. No more failed dreams. No more failed relationships. No more failed integrity. No more failed righteousness. No more failed aspirations. No more failed endeavors. From now on, you will never live in failure. And failure will never live and occupy your space again in the name of Jesus. Stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. The words of Jesus, John chapter 5, to the man who was paralyzed. Your days of paralysis are officially over. If you've been blessed by this program, if you've heard from heaven, if God has spoken to you, to your family, to your dream and your destiny, now I'm going to encourage you right now to generously sow a seed into this ministry. This ministry for the glory of God, not rhetorically, for the glory of God, we are seeing the world change. We are literally reaching millions around the world through God's transformative word, through his power, through his spirit. We're committed to the centrality of Christ, to the word of almighty God, and through a free flow of his spirit. I want you to help me change the world. I don't want to talk about changing the world. I want to really change the world. But it requires your help, your financial investment, your generous love offering, the information's on the screen. Follow me on pastorsam.com, on Facebook, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez. Twitter and Instagram, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. I want you to follow me right now, but I want you to visit our website and I want you to give right now. Sow a generous seed. I assure you, your life will be blessed because you and I will be the greatest blessing as we touch the world. We are not talking about changing the world. You and I, we're changing the world in Jesus' name. God bless you. God keep you. If this message is ministered to you, please consider sowing to this outreach ministry. Make your check payable to New Season, P.O. Box 246090, 
Sacramento, California, 95824. Additionally, you may make a secure donation by visiting our website's Give page at newseasonedworship.org. If you are in the Sacramento area, we invite you to join us at New Season Christian Worship Center. Sunday worship services are held at 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for watching. Join us next time on New Season with Pastor Sam Rodriguez.